Hey, it's Fran Harris, founder of Athletes Who Mean Business. Our company empowers current and retired athletes to monetize their brands and expertise and build big businesses. This show answers one question. How can you leverage your sports celebrity and even non-sports talent and skills to have greater impact, influence, and income? If you're ready to play on a bigger stage, you're in the right place at the right time. Be sure to subscribe and review the podcast. Here's today's episode. We are rolling. Hey, everybody, it's Fran Harris, founder of Athletes Who Mean Business. And as you guys know, I bring to you people who are not just living the athlete or the student athlete life, but they've also translated that into real world success, which is no small deed for sure. So today my guest is Ashley Roberts. Ashley, I've known for a few years. I won't say I raised this pup. I will not say that. I hate it when people go, I raised this pup. You did not raise anybody. Um, Ashley's parents, her mom raised her. But what I will say is that I've had the opportunity to follow and watch Ashley since her time at the University of Texas at Austin. And so I've been very excited, hook them exactly, very excited about what she's been able to do in her world. So Ashley, first of all, give the folks watching right now who are wondering who you are, give them a little bit of background of where you came from and what you've been up to. Of course, name is Ashley Roberts. I'm from Dallas, Texas. Um, I went to the great Duncanville High School, played under Coach Kathy Seth Morgan. From there, I went to South Plains Junior College, um, broke a few records there, left there, and then I went to UT. So I finished my career playing at University of Texas. What were you majoring in at the University of Texas, and what did you think you were going to be doing with that degree once you graduated? <laughs> Funny. Um, so I majored in education with a minor in business. Um, at first, I thought I was going to be a high school coach. Um, I thought, well, since I was younger, I've always said, I'm going to be a coach one day. So I was like, okay, I'll get my degree in education, minor in business to be a high school coach. That's, the, that's what I thought I'll be doing. And then what did you do, though? I did do that for a little bit. Um, so I was the head varsity coach at Cedar Creek High School for two years. And then I just thought I wanted to do something bigger. Um, And I went into the entrepreneur world. So while I was at Cedar Creek, I was actually doing, I had a little entrepreneurship going on. I was training on the side, um, coaching with other teams, doing things like that, and kind of just getting my feet wet. And then I just decided, I'm just going to go out there and do it. Um, (laughs) So my parents didn't like my decision at first because I told them, I was like, I'm going to resign. And they was like, what? and do what? Like, what are you going to do? And I was like, I don't know. I guess I'll just train and I'll figure it out from there. So I was just kind of like, I'm just going to get going and figure it out as I go. Um, And I did just that. So I went into training and then other things kind of sparked my interest. Um, I started running the leagues. I run a fall league out here now. We start September. I'm up to 70 teams. Um, Yeah. So I have my own AAU organization. I have five teams. Um, trainings, camps, clinics. I actually just finished a free clinic last weekend. So we had 50 girls in a gym and I gave out school supplies and we just had a good time. That is great, Ashley. So when you were in college, was there anything in your past, in your family's past history for you to think that if you decided to become an entrepreneur, to run your own business, that you could be successful? Like were there some side hustlers, some CEOs in your family? How did that come about? Um, well, I had it within myself. I'll say that. Like, I'm, I'm one of those, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to do it. I don't know when or how, but I'm going to do it. And my family, my uncle, um, he's a big businessman, so I would talk to him a lot. You may know him, Terry 
Roberts. I do know that name. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I talked to him a lot and he would just kind of tell me, do what, go after what you want. Um, we're a basketball family. So my dad, my mom, she was volleyball, my brother was basketball. And we've always kind of had that competitive nature about us. So anything that I kind of told them, they always supported me. Yeah. So when you decided that you were going to be a high school coach and then you started to get your side hustle along with the camps and the clinics and the, all that, everybody who's an athlete thinks they can run camps and clinics and do all that, right? Everybody who's an athlete has, you think it's the natural progression of what you do. Mm -hmm. So there had to be something in you. What did you see around you to let you know that that was going to be successful when everybody else is doing it? Like it's a, it's a pretty crowded marketplace. I'm really glad you asked that. And I don't know if you remember, but I actually came to you. What was that? Maybe two years ago, three years ago. And I was just like, Fran, like, I feel like I'm doing what everybody is doing. And I remember mm. having that conversation. A part yeah. of me, like, I literally wanted to walk away from anything basketball because I didn't want to feel like I was put in that circle of what everybody does. But people kept calling me back in it. Kids kept calling me back in it. And everyone loved what I was doing. Mm-hmm. So I kind of just got that mindset of, it don't matter what everybody else is doing, what am I doing and how am I going to make it different? And once I started getting that traction, like this is what I'm gonna do yeah yeah what's interesting about what Ashley just says I remember when you called and you reached out and because I can't tell you how many people call and reach out like if I told you how many people called and reached out and then that that meeting never happens because (laughs) most people have the vision they have the thought they have the well let me just try this because this is what I should do but less than 10% of the people who have ever reached out to me have actually gotten the meeting have actually said when can we get together? So the fact that you did that and then you showed up for your meeting, I was like, okay, all right. I was like, she, she might do this because there's so much that happens between when we state what we want to do and actually doing it. Yeah. And one of the things that I was always really impressed with you about was the fact that you were like, you were listening and you were taking notes. I could see you taking mental notes and then you would give updates as to what you did. <laughs> Like, I was like, nobody does that. That that was so rare, Ashley. And I don't know that you know that, but it's like all of us have big dreams. The big difference between the dreamers and the doers is the action in between. And and mm-hmm. Ashley had that action. So you decided to do it. You you We met. You were like, I'm going to do this. I'm like, here's what you need to do. She went out and did it. And now you have 70 teams in a league. Like, there are people watching this and listening to this right now who are going, how did you do that? Yeah, I get that question a lot, literally. So I started the league two years ago um, when I resigned. Actually, I was talking to, I think I was talking to my, oh, I think I was talking to an AAU coach. And he was just like, you should start a league. And I had no idea how to run a league. Yeah. Nothing. So when I first started it, I looked at, so I'm big at kind of looking to see what's going on and putting my own mm-hmm. twist to it. So I looked at other leagues around and I looked at neighborhood sports and a lot of like the Pflugerville, PYBA, things like that. So originally I was going to have a like, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Not AAU, but we're kids. Kids just kind of come sign a rec. There we go. A rec league. There's going to be like a rec league and a select league. And I actually put it out there. Got nothing. (laughs) So I was like, okay, something's not right. And at first I told my parents, like, I'm not going to do it. It's not. I'm like, no, I just need to figure it out. I need to figure out what to do. So I scratched the whole rec thing. And I was like, I'm just going to offer this to AAU teams. 
And I literally got on the computer. I looked at all the tournaments that happened in Austin, Texas. I literally looked at the teams, emailed them, introduced myself, told them what I was going to do. And for the first year, I had 40 teams trust me. I knew if I can just get the divisions to make and people could see yeah. what I'm doing, where I'm going, they was going to stay with me. So the first mm -hmm. year, I had 40 teams. Um, the second year, last year, I had 56 teams. And this year, I'm at 72 teams. So I just kind of repeated that process. I thought that the first year was going to be key. If I can get them in a door, show yep. them what I'm doing, provide a quality lead, make it organized, have good refs, everything on time, schedule update. If they saw that it was ran right, it was going to come back. So that yep. was kind of the thing that I did. What were some of the what were some of the challenges that you had? Because folks who are listening or watching this are going, wow, straight out the gate, success. It keeps yeah. growing, but there had to be some challenges. So we always yeah. want to talk about the things that didn't go like you thought they were going to go and how you dealt with that. Well, the first challenge was when I put it out, um, how I priced the league and how I was marketing the league. So mm -hmm. um, I priced it at $800 and it was going to be free to get in. And then I quickly realized that, so I was trying to please the parents. It's like, okay, mm -hmm. they don't have to pay to get in. I'll just make it $800 like what a lot of other leagues was doing. And then I quickly realized that it wasn't the parents I needed to please. It was the coaches because they were going to be the ones getting in the league. So I yeah. dropped the price and then I just flipped it and charged to get in. Um, mm -hmm. So that was the first challenge, I guess, was that the pricing, how I was marketing it. And nobody, I didn't have a boys team. So I kind of, boys was the market of it for the league. I didn't have a boys yeah. team. At that time, I didn't even have a girls team. I didn't have no teams. <laughs> um, so I was like, that was kind of the challenge. A lot of people at first was basically like, who are you? Like, okay, mm -hmm. we don't know nothing about your league. You never ran a league. You don't even have teams. Like, how do we trust you? So it was really getting teams to trust me to run a good league. And that was a big piece. Um, the league started in September. I didn't start getting teams until – like the end of July. <laughs> so, and I was wow. marketing for months, for months. And literally from July to the week before the league is when I had got the 40 teams. <laughs> it was crazy. <laughs> you should have some gray hair too. You I don't know why people are so last minute. Like when I do tournaments, even we've, we've done tournaments, it's like, you're going to do this. You're like nine months out, six months out. And then no, it's like three teams. And he was like, yep. this even gonna and then like 10 days out, it's like, Hey, can I get my team in? Can I get my team in? <laughs> what are you doing with your life? Yep. So, so most people would have given up is my point. Most people would have said, let me shut this down. This is not going to work. And you didn't, you didn't do that when you even came up against the pricing challenge because money always try, kind of tricks people up they don't know whether to underprice or to overprice yes. and usually people underprice so when you came up against kind of the financial challenges of running the league who did you tap into what did you tap into to say this is what i need to do i need to make a flip here um talking to different people um i mm -hmm. actually think we we might have had a conversation mm -hmm. um and then i talked to other aau coaches just kind of getting a feel i'm real big on feedback as you may know yeah. mm -hmm. <laughs> um so i talked to a lot of coaches like hey have y'all played in the league before what did you like what didn't you like so mm -hmm. i kind of was using all that feedback and then i noticed every time i said 800 they was like that's too much that's too much <laughs> and I just looked. So literally, like, I, I was just big on just 
seeing what was going on. I charged 800 because a lot of the other leads were charging 900, 750, mm-hmm. 850, but it was free to get in. Mm-hmm. But I noticed that they were dropping in numbers. So I just was yeah. like, well, let me just test this out. I'm going to go cheaper than all of them. And I'm just going to get it back at the gate, basically. So I was like, yeah. I'll just charge a fee at the, at the gate. And once I did that, parents was like, oh. I mean, uh, coaches was like, well, I'll try this. It's cheaper and yeah. I'll see how it goes. So I think that that was like the big thing. Big, big, big thing. That's great. So you kind of figured out what your business model needs to be like. But what happens with a lot of people who are running leagues and camps or whatever, they're running it and they have no financial oversight. So we're getting ready to get into the business. This is a business podcast. So you got to have that business aspect because I know, and I'm full disclosure, when I first started doing camps a long time ago, and that cash was running through there and you're just like, whoa, this is great. And then you realize like, wait, I really didn't make that much money. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't make that much money. So what's been your, what's been the discipline that you've had to have around the finances to make sure you're actually running a successful business? Budgeting. Um, so I look at everything. Um, I'm real big on, I'll just use league since we're talking about league. I know what the league is going to cost. I know if I want to give any discounts, how much I can do. Um, mm-hmm. I know what I'm going to pay the workers. I know my budget, how much the refs is going to cost. I know what the league. So I know pretty much everything. I pretty much know what all profit before the league gets started um, mm-hmm. because I kind of like make that budget. I'll know, okay, I have this wiggle room if I want to pay someone something extra, if I want to have something new in the league. For example, this year we're doing um, photographers. So the photographer is coming in and taking yeah. a picture of everybody in the league, every team. But I knew I kind of had that wiggle room to go ahead and negotiate with the photographer, first of all, and then allow him to also make money um, right. from the people there. So I think budgeting is a big thing, really understanding, not just saying, oh, man, I'm going to make $5,000. But you're not even thinking about you got to pay coaches, you got to pay whatever it is that you need to pay. So I think really laying out those expenses and budgeting for everything. What we know is that there are companies who are banking huge money on leagues and yep. camps and clinics because they figure out, I can name some of them, but I'm not going to pub them on my podcast until they become a sponsor, but they're making huge money on these clinics. And I know some of these people, they got out of the gate really early 20 years ago and they are running multi-million dollar businesses doing nothing but camps and clinics and combines and, and those kinds of things. Yes. At some point, Ashley, you decided you didn't just want to just run camps and clinics. And I know you've heard me talk about those bags of money that, that are disguised as books. You decided to write a book. How did that come about? How is the book doing? What's the name of it? All that good stuff. So the name of the book is Changing Lanes, um, Using Sports as a Vehicle, as a, uh, Using Sports as a Vehicle to Drive Success on and Off the Court. Um, and I wanted to write the book. I've always wanted to write a book, but... I feel that I always know what I want to say, but putting mm-hmm. it on paper, that's not my strong point. So I yeah. always thought, if I'm not good at the grammar. I don't know how to word the sentences. I can't write a book. Um, and I was in this um, community and I kept saying a lot of people like shout this one particular guy out, like, thanks for helping me with my book, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. I was like, I'm going to reach out to him. Um, so I just reached out to him, kind of told him I want to write a book, told him what um, my thought, my vision was. And we just kind of got started there. And still, once I talked to him, I still was like, am I really about to write a book? Like, I don't think I can do this. 
And I was like, well, I, like I said earlier, if I say I'm going to do something, I'm going to figure out how to do it. So I was like, I've already told my parents I'm going to write a book. I'm writing this book. So I kind of talked to him. We start laying things out and, and we put it into motion from there. Uh, what made me want to write the book was just the fact that I think that a lot of athletes play sports and get nothing out of it. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that we're, we're giving so much to the game. We need to get something back from the game. So my point was in the book was to kind of lay out my story and really show athletes, particularly young athletes, so they can see this before it's too late. Some of the mm -hmm. things that you can learn, preparation, sacrifice, teamwork, communication, just some of these things that you get from playing sports that's going to help you after sport. Um, and that was like my main goal for writing a book. Um, book is doing great. I had a goal to sell a thousand books for the first year and I'm already at 828 or something like that. So great book is going really well. Um, now I'm just really focused on, I've been doing a lot of the hard work. We're really going to a ton of events and kind of mm -hmm. selling the books one offs. So now I'm yep. going to really talk to the schools to get it into teams hands. Yep. Yep, that's good. That's a good plan. I love selling books by the bundles because yes. selling books by the singles is a lot of hard work. Um, <laughs> and, and it's a lot of hard work to push one book. And what most folks don't realize is that their companies, organizations, churches, there are lots of different outlets that, that will buy your book by the tens, by the hundreds and those kinds of things. So sometimes <clears throat> I'll hear athletes saying, well, I didn't want to go speak because, you know, they weren't paying me. And I'm like, do you have a book? I have a book. Like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> that book can bring you like 10 grand. Just yes. sometimes people just have educational budgets and they don't even have speaker budgets. Go figure how that works. But if you have a book, if you got that expertise, that coaching on the page, man, you've got so much more than just words on the page. So I highly recommend that if you're thinking about a book, it doesn't have to be war and peace. It doesn't have to be the Bible. It can be a 30 page book. It can be a 200 page book. It's not about the book. It's about the hook. It's about what is in that book and what kind of story and expertise you might have. So Ashley, last thing I got for you is what's next. You got successful leagues. You run your, you're running your leagues, your clinics, your teams, your clubs, you've got the book. What's the big vision for Ashley Roberts? Um, honestly, I want competitive edge LLC to just be a big company of all the things that I'm doing now. Um, I used to do camps, uh, last year I actually stopped them, but I want to kind of get back into camps really more specifically summer camps because mm -hmm. I want to add the educational piece with the summer camp. A lot of things that I do is, um, focused on girls aside from the league is girls and boys team, but all of my camps, clinics, teams is only girls. So that's kind of like my niche. It's kind of nurturing the young girls coming up. So I want to kind of keep doing exactly what I'm doing, adding the camps to it, um, getting to more schools, speaking, getting my book out. I think that's honestly like the vision is, I think that I'm in what I want to do. I just want to expand and grow it. Um, ultimately, I'm going to have, I will have a mentorship program for student athletes, girls, um, where we're talking about these same things. Yeah. Yeah, getting the, getting the next generation ready. So if folks want to connect with you, where can they find you online? Underscore, this is Ashley R on all social media. If you would like to follow Competitive Edge, it is CE Basketball. All right, that's it. Ashley, thank you so much for being on the show. I'm super excited for you that you are have 
transition from a student athlete into an athlete who means business. I'm pulling for you, cheering for you, high-fiving you, pounding you, all that good stuff. You're doing a great job, and I hope to have you back on the show sometime soon. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Have a good day. All right, that's going to do it for today's episode. I just want to tell you that you have such a tremendous opportunity to make a greater splash in the world. What we've done as athletes, not everyone can do. Most of us understand that. But unfortunately, too few of us are leaving a lot of impact, influence, and income on the table. If you want to learn how we help athletes create and build the careers and businesses of their dreams, visit athletesmeanbusiness.com. I'm 100% sure you'll be glad you did. I'm Fran Harris, and I can't wait to help you become an athlete who means business. See you soon.